Hello, mamas. It is a dark, dark day for us all. Um, I just found out that Omegle is banned. For it's gone. It's been deleted forever. This is such a dark day for us because Omegle was the United Nations of our generation. What what other place could you log on at the ripe age of 13 as I did and see what an Indian man's noodle across the world in real time looks like? What other place can you be called 18 different slurs by the whitest dude from Alabama other than Omegle. We have lost a piece of history. Sorry. We've lost a piece of history. And we will never get it back. Okay? I don't give a hoo-ha! It's like a minute and 30 and I think I feel like I can't swear yet. What? Did, I don't know the YouTube rule. You can't like swear the first like... <laughs> 30 seconds. I don't care. I am happy. I've never been happier. I am rejoicing. The evil has been defeated. We are no longer chained down to Omegle. I will look back at this website and piss on its grave. And we'll get into that right after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so um, I really don't know, like, what the full lore is. Uh, I, like, just, like, realized that Omegle got banned. It's so crazy to find out. Um, But you go to their website, and what is usually, like, you know, the classic, the classic spread, you type in your interests, you get traumatized in 10 minutes, has been replaced by sort of, like, a manifesto. I've skimmed it, but um, I'd like to read it for y'all just so we're like fully, we have the full context. Uh, skip ahead like five minutes if you don't want to hear it, but listen up. No, like don't skip ahead because this is the last piece of Omegle that you will ever get to experience in your life, okay? This was written by the um, the founder of Omegle, which I like, I don't know why I thought it was like a Bitcoin situation where like the founder just fucking disappeared or like like moved to like a island somewhere um apparently he was like running this thing which is very fucking surprising because omegle does not 
feel like a website that is run by humans. It feels like it's run by the North Korean government. So anyways, here we go. Buckle up, buckle up. Also, this drawing is so dramatic. The way he made this shit in like a Microsoft Paint in like three seconds. Um, <clears throat> this starts with a quote by Dougle, by C.S. Lewis. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated, but those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so without, or sorry, with the approval of their own conscience. I don't know what the fuck that means. Sorry, like, the dropped out of college is like really showing now, but yeah, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> uh, then this next quote is from Douglas Adams. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. Okay. So here we go. This is now from the founder. Dear strangers, from the moment I discovered the internet at a young age, it has been a magical place to me. Growing up in a small town relatively isolated from the larger world, it was a revelation how much more there was to discover, how many interesting people and ideas the world had to offer. As a young teenager, I couldn't just waltz onto a college campus and tell a student, let's debate moral philosophy. I couldn't walk up to a professor and say, tell me something interesting about microeconomics. But online, I was able to meet those people and have those conversations. I was also an avid Wikipedia editor. Which, I, side note, I want to get into so bad. I want to be a Wikipedia editor so bad. It looks so lit. Back to it. I contributed to an open source software. I contributed to open source software projects. And I often helped answer computer programming questions posed by people many years older than me. In short, the internet opened the door to a much larger, more diverse, and more vibrant world than I would have otherwise been able to experience, and enabled me to be an active participant and contributor to that world. All of this helped me to learn and to grow into a more well-rounded person. Uh, trigger warning essay. Moreover, as a survivor of childhood essay, I was acutely aware that anytime I interacted with someone in the physical world, I was risking my physical body. The internet gave me a refuge from that fear. I was under no illusion that only good people use the internet, but I knew that if I said no to someone online, they couldn't physically reach through the screen and hold a weapon in my head, or worse. I saw the miles of copper wires and fiber optic cables between me and the other people as a kind of shield, one that empowered me to be less isolated than my trauma and fear would have otherwise allowed. I launched Amigle when I was 18 years old and still living with my parents. It was built to, or it was meant to build on the things I loved about the internet, while introducing a form of social spontaneity that I felt didn't exist elsewhere. If the internet is a manifestation of the global village, Omegle was meant to be a way of strolling down a street in that village, striking up conversations with people you ran into along the way. The premise was rather straightforward. When you used Omegle, it would randomly place you in a chat with someone else. These chats could be as long or as short as you choose. If you didn't want to talk to a particular person for whatever reason, you could simply end the chat and, if desired, move on to another chat with another with someone else. It was the idea of meeting new people distilled down to almost its platonic ideal. Building on what I saw as the intrinsic safety benefits of the internet, users were anonymous to each other by default. This made chats more self-contained and made it less likely that a malicious person would be able to track someone else down off, off-site after their chat ended. I didn't really know what to expect when I launched Omegle. Would anyone even care about some website that an 18-year-old kid made in his bedroom in his parents' house in Vermont with no marketing budget? 
but it became popular almost instantly after launch and grew organically from there, reaching millions of daily users. I believe this had something to do with meeting new people being a basic human need, and with Omegle being the best way to fulfill that need, as the saying goes, if you build a better mousetrap, the world will beat a path to your door. Over the years, people have used Omegle to explore foreign cultures, to get advice about their lives from impartial third parties, and to help alleviate feelings of loneliness and isolation. I've even heard stories of soulmates meeting on Omegle and getting married. Those are only some of my highlights. Unfortunately, there are also lowlights. Virtually every tool can be used for good or for evil, and that is especially true of communication tools due to their innate flexibility. The telephone can be used to wish your grandmother happy birthday, but it can also be used to call in a bomb threat. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there can be no honest accounting of Omegle without acknowledging that some people misused it, including to commit unspeakably heinous crimes. I believe in a responsibility to be a good Samaritan and to implement reasonable measures to fight crime and other misuse. That is exactly what Omegle did. In addition to the basic safety feature of anonymity, there was a great deal of moderation behind the scenes, including state-of-the-art AI operating in concert with a wonderful team of human moderators. Jesus Christ. They had humans, like, moderating them. That is horrific. That's the scariest thing I've read so far. Um, Omegle punched above its weight in content moderation, and I'm proud of what we accomplished. Omegle's moderation even had a positive impact beyond the site. Omegle worked with law enforcement agencies and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to help put evildoers in prison where they belong. There are people rotting behind bars right now, thanks in part to evidence that Omegle proactively collected against them and tipped the authorities off to. All that said, the fight against crime isn't one that can ever truly be won. It's a never-ending battle that must be fought and refought every day, and even if you do the very best job at it, it is possible... It is possible... Oh my god, even if you do the very best job, it is possible for you to do, you may make a sizable dent, but you won't win in any absolute sense of that word. That's heartbreaking, but it's also a basic lesson of criminology, and one that I think the vast majority of people understand on some level. Even superheroes, the fictional characters that our culture imbues with special powers as a form of wish fulfillment in the fight against crime, don't succeed at eliminating crime altogether. In recent years, it seems that the whole world has been become more ornery. Maybe that has something to do with the pandemic or with political disagreements. Whatever the reason, people have become faster to attack and slower to recognize each other's shared humanity. One aspect of this has been a constant barrage of attacks on communication services, Amigo included, based on the behavior of a malicious subset of users. To an extent, it is reasonable to question the policies and practices of any place where crime has occurred. I've always welcomed constructive feedback and indeed omegle implemented a number of improvements based on such feedback over the years however the recent attacks have felt anything but constructive the only way to please these people is to stop offering the service sometimes they say so explicitly and avowedly other times it can be inferred from their act of setting standards that are not humanly achievable either way the net result is the same omegle is the direct target of these attacks but their ultimate victim is you all of you out there who have used or would have used Omegle to improve your lives and the lives of others. When they say Omegle shouldn't exist, they're really saying that you shouldn't be allowed to use it and that you shouldn't be allowed to meet random new people online. That idea is ana- anathema, what the fuck is that word, to the ideals I cherish, specifically to the bedrock principle of a free society that when restrictions are imposed to prevent crime, the burden of those restrictions must not be targeted at innocent victims or potential victims of crime. 
holy shit, I needed a breather. Okay, continuing on. We're almost at the end. Hang in there. I know this is the most wordy thing you've ever heard. Okay. Consider the idea that society ought to force women to dress modestly in order to prevent SA. One counter-argument is that essayists don't really target women based on their clothing, but a more powerful counter-argument is that irrespective of what essayists do, it, uh, women's rights should remain intact. If society robs women of their rights to bodily autonomy and self-expression based on the action of essayists, even if it does so with the best intentions in the world, then society is practically doing the work of essayists for them. Fear can be a valuable tool guiding us away from danger. However, fear can also be a mental cage that keeps us from all of the things that make life worth living. Individuals and families must be allowed to strike the right balance for themselves based on their own unique circumstances and needs. A world of mandatory fear is a world ruled by fear, a dark place indeed. I've done my best to weather the attacks with the interests of Amigos users and the broader principle in mind. If something is if something as simple as meeting random new, random new people is forbidden, what's next? That is far and away removed from anything that could be considered a reasonable compromise of the principle I outlined. Analogies are a limited tool, but a physical world analogy might be shutting down Central Park because crime occurs there, or perhaps proactively destroying the universe because it contains evil. A healthy free society cannot endure when we are collectively afraid of each other to this extent. Unfortunately, what is right always doesn't always prevail. As much as I wish circumstances were different, as... The stress and expense of this fight, coupled with the existing stress and expense of operating Omegle and fighting its misuse, are simply too much. Operating Omegle is no longer sustainable financially nor psychologically. Frankly, I don't want to have a heart attack in my 30s. The battle for Omegle has been lost, but the war against the internet rages on. Virtually every online communication service has been subject to the same kinds of attacks as Omegle. And while some of them are much larger companies with much greater resources, they all have their breaking point somewhere. I worry that, unless the tide turns soon, the internet I fell in love with may cease to exist, and in its place, we will have focus- we, we will have something closer to a souped-up version of TV focused largely on passive consumption with much less opportunity for active participation and genuine human connection. If that sounds like a bad idea to you, please consider donating to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, an organization that fights for your rights online. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who used Omegle for positive purposes and to everyone who contributed to keep the site's, to the site's success in any way. I'm so sorry I couldn't keep fighting for you. Sincerely, Leaf K. Brooks, founder of Omegle.com, LLC. Let's unpack that. Let's unpack that right after this quick break. <sighs> okay. Unpacking that, first I want to start off by saying I had no clue that, like, Omegle was under attack, and I really wish that he would, like, go into detail about, like, what that meant, like, what kind of attacks, like, who? Who is who is attacking Omegle.com? Like, as far as I knew, that website was just, like, rotting on the internet. Like, was it, like, DDoS attacks? Was it, like, governmental regulation? Like, I really wish he would have just elaborated on that, because, like, to cite that as your main reason why omegle has to go bye-bye um and then not explain what the attacks were was it very confusing um but i don't know i'm guessing they're like probably so scary or something that he like doesn't want to talk about it but uh second point that like really stood out to me is kind of at the end how he was saying that like so many things have like an inherent evilness to them like obviously like 
you can eat hot Cheetos and they have like red dye in them that gives you cancer or um, we fly in planes, and, but like one in like 10 million like crash, but we don't ban planes. Um, interesting perspective because obviously Omegle, like it's hard to like really like weigh if Omegle is more positive than good. I'm going to say that it wasn't. I, I feel like he's looking at his website as like his baby, even though it's an ugly baby. Um, but I can't I can't think of like a time that I like logged on to Omegle and like left feeling like like warm and fuzzy. Um, and I don't deny that there's probably been like amazing things that have happened on Omegle. Like he mentioned people have gotten married, found their soulmates. I've even like like met like internet friends through Omegle. So like I think that is a really cool and amazing thing. But at the end of the day, it's like almost everyone you talk to who has been on that website has like experienced something very traumatizing. Um like I remember like literally seeing uh because you know obviously there's like people that just like log on and like will like flash like a nipple or something and like or do something like that. But there's been much more heinous things that I've seen on there. Like, obviously, I've been on it a lot. Like, I am YouTuber that has done probably, like, 15 Omegle videos. And we'll get into, like, my personal connection to it, like, later. Um, but I have seen, like, videos that people have just, like, played through, like, a like a simulated camera that, like, have stuck with me forever. Like, I don't even... I, like, words can't even describe... like like death and like beheading like just flicking through omegle and seeing that like it really uh is crazy and i i can't think of any other place on the internet where like people are exposed to that like at all um like you can't just like most people aren't like stumbling across like live leak websites like you kind of have to seek that out like omegle was like kind of the last place where you would just be like hit with that um, and I, I, I really can't imagine like being in his position where like you've created something that has the potential to be like so good and so awesome, but it's used in like the most nefarious way so much. Uh, so but I'm happy. I'm happy that it's gone. I think like maybe it needed to exist. Okay. I'll, I'll speak from like my perspective now for a little bit. Um, a lot of people were like, like DMing me. Like when it got banned, I was getting so many DMs like right after it got being banned. Like that's how I found out is I like saw my DMs be like, Ben, Omegle is banned. Like a crying face. And, like, genuinely, I felt nothing but, like, at first, like, ambivalence and then, like, just, like, joy. Because I think I made it, like, clear in my videos that I, like, didn't enjoy going on Omegle. It was almost more of, like, a punishment, like, 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 suffering content in a way. Um, more so than me enjoying it, which, like, I've kind of moved away from in my videos like I think it's funny here and there to do something where it's like a challenge and it's like you know I know y'all are like sick twisted and like see me in pain but um you know I, I had done enough and it it got to the point where it's like Omegle 
was like a necessary evil during COVID. Like that was like literally one of the only human like ways you could have human interaction almost. Um, so now that like COVID is done, liberals, sorry if you don't want to admit that, take your mask. Oh, sorry. Um, now that COVID's done, it doesn't really serve a purpose. And I do look to like some uh, YouTubers that like literally just made Omegle content and I thank god I am not them because what the fuck do you do now what do you do now there is like alternative websites like there's like chat roulette or something I think it's called uh but it's like nothing will ever be as iconic as Omegle but you know I kind of made that my brand from like 2020 to like 2021 um I think I was posting like probably like one or two Omegle videos a month like I was really pumping it the fuck out and like I think mostly, like, it was very easy to do, obviously. Like, it does not take a fucking genius to, like, log on to Omegle.com and just, like, be silly with strangers or, like, throw on, like, a theme. Like, casting spells on people on Omegle. Um, jump scaring people on Omegle. Like, that's fucking brain-dead content that did not take anything from me. It was maybe, like, a little bit difficult to edit, but, like, um, what I will say, like, it was, like, a nice kind of, like, break for, like, when if I was ever feeling like creatively drained or something and like didn't know what I wanted to do um, on YouTube the next week, I'd be like, fuck it. Let's just go on Omegle. <laughs> so uh, I I will always love it for that. But. I I moved away from it, like, quite frankly, quite simply, I knew that, like, it wasn't something I wanted to, like, do forever. And I posted an Omegle. I think the last Omegle video I posted was like two months ago and it was like maybe the first one of the year first or second one that i had posted throughout the year and um i just thought it'd be like fun to do it in public like a fun little spin and what what i also want to say is like my omegle videos for some reason were like very big during the pandemic but they flop now like out of all my videos they they are flopping the the matter of the fact is no one gives a fuck about omegle anymore and it's interesting because I had a lot of people reach out who were like a vi- like very big fans of like Omegle and like the Omegle videos that I did and they were like very heartbroken but I'm realizing that it's not reflective of um most people. I think most people don't care because you can go outside motherfucker. You can go outside and talk to people. What the fuck do you need Omegle for? <laughs> it's like like genuinely it does not serve um a large purpose anymore at all and I, I i do find it interesting that like now of all times is when we lost it because if there's like these people that wanted to bring it down these like attackers as uh the founder said why wouldn't they do it when it was like at its peak like in covid when like everyone was on that motherfucker like it would say like two hundred thousand users online why now when it's like irrelevant in a sense i don't i don't know um it is kind of weird though because it leaves the internet like now in this place where we don't have this like third space just like a meet strange i mean we do blah 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 we have like i said fandango because i got an email from fandango that says don't miss the trolls I would rather drink fucking lighter fluid and then eat a match than go see the trolls fandango. But um uh sorry, chat roulette is what I meant. Um 
but it, it is interesting. Oh, the, the final point I want to touch on that, like, I really, like, actually really agree with is it is scary how the internet is becoming so fucking passive. Like, ne- the internet used to be a place where, like, everyone was participating in a way that you were, uh, you were, like, creating stuff and submitting stuff or even just, like, chatting and creating threads on forums uh, as much as you were consuming. And now all people do on the internet is consume. Like probably 98% of people on the internet are literally just there to watch mindlessly to like turn your brain off and watch TikTok for an hour and then log off, which is so fucking sad because one of the most beautiful things about the internet is it is the best place to like create things and share things that you've created. And now the internet, there's, there's this theory, I think it's called like dead internet theory forgive me if I fuck that up, but, um, it's this theory that, like, the internet just has, like, no community, community anymore, it is, like, literally just bots everywhere, just talking, no one has anything to say, no one's interacting with each other, we literally just eat the fucking daily meal that our algorithms, like, feed to us, and then call it a day, and that's so sad, that's so sad, especially old head over here, fucking, borderline millennial gen z here 24 year old man yells at cloud um that was what made the internet so fucking great and there's this other kind of like theory um (laughs) which uh i've like heard on like the emergency intercom podcast uh they're talking about how like a lot of gen z people um and more so like younger gen z people don't interact with the internet like the way that like probably i do and like um people my age and what i mean by that is they interact with the internet through like avatars and they don't share like um personal details like they don't post pictures of themselves uh everything they do on the internet is through like an avatar or character and i was like fuck that's so that is actually like so very true emergency intercom philosophy podcast wow like and i realize it by like um i'll see so many accounts that are just like like literally have like gotcha like what is it called like g-a-c-h-a is that pronounced gotcha i don't fucking know like gotcha profile pictures and it's like they'll have like a thousand videos but like never a single video of themselves which like i think is very actually valid like i think they're fucking honest something we don't need to be like sharing like personal like details probably on the internet like the logical side of my brain is like no like do not share anything about yourself on fucking line digital footprint all that yada 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 but the heart and soul of me is like damn if we don't do that if we're not like putting a piece of ourselves on the internet what the fuck is the internet then? It's, like, gonna be, as he said, just, like, another form of TV where these, like, hyper-curated, polished influencers are just, like, pumping out, like, junk food content for us to, like, see that, like, doesn't make us think or want to, like, chime in or inspire us to create anything of our own. It's literally just slop. Um, so... (laughs) really interesting place that we are at in the internet now uh but wow like omegle's gone also fuck is it pronounced omegle or omegle i think it's omegle because it's like omega 
but I'm Canadian, so I'm going to fucking say Omegle, and I've said Omegle all my life. Um, but yeah, it is interesting, because, like, that, that was genuinely, like, probably a good coping mechanism for boredom, like, knowing that if you are just so fucking bored and so lo- lonely, you can go on there, and you can just talk to a stranger instantly, and the quality of that stranger probably won't be that good, but you would be surprised. Here and there, you'd find really awesome and cool people. Obviously, like, when I would make Omegle videos, like, I'd throw in clips of the most, like, insane and, like, crazy and scary people, but what I don't show and what I, like, left out was, like, the amazing people that I met. Like, all the genuinely, like, so cool people, um, and even, like, people, like, even you mamas that I would meet on there. Like, obviously, like, a four-minute, like, clip of me being like, hey, oh my gosh, hi, and, like, bonding with someone, uh, doesn't make for good YouTube content. Where is the retention? (laughs) But, um, you know, I've had good moments on there. I haven't, I have enjoyed times. It wasn't the majority of the time on Omegle that I enjoyed at fucking all, but there were good times. And I don't know. I guess I really like wonder if I was in that situation, if I owned Omegle and felt all this pressure to take it down because, uh, it's monstrous. It has, it opens up the doors for the most sick and disgusting people to do the most sick and disgusting things to like a lot of the time children. I think I'd shut that shit down too. I should probably shut it down. But even before I got to that, the second I saw a wiener, boom, server's fried probably. Um, yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. Please, uh, comment it down below if you're watching the YouTube video version of this and let's get into the drama of the week. This week's drama comes from at... Quarry 4114. Thank you. Thank you, hello. Uh, if you want me to read your drama on a future episode of this uh, of this podcast, please just comment it on um the YouTube video version of this podcast. Search up drama mama on YouTube, you know. Um please keep it like two sentences. Keep it short and sweet, okay? You need a therapist for anything longer than that. <clears throat> Hi Ben, I love your content for real. Thank you. Sweetest. Here's my drama. My best friend has got himself a girlfriend a few months ago, and now she's the only thing he talks about slash mentions. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he can't talk about his girlfriend at all, but it's to the point where he hangs out with her more than me and more than my other friends. Every time I ask in the group chat if we can call, he says he's busy calling slash hanging with his girlfriend, and it's starting to bother me. Any advice? Thanks. This is like... Why the fuck is there sirens outside? This is a very, like common thing i feel that happens in relationships why is the sun fucking deep frying me right now bitch i'm a, a like a chicken tender at fucking kfc um this happens like i feel like almost all the time if it's like someone's first love they are gonna be so enamored with that person they will their whole like reality will be like clouded and like they'll be so hyper focused on that person and like it truly isn't i don't think it like speaks to their character if they like are talking to you less or like not wanting to like call um very annoying um but they probably aren't even realizing it because like in like your first love like you're experiencing like a connection that is so strong that it almost makes like friendships feel like they have less weight to them and they become like less prioritized i think 
Um, but that is very annoying. It might be worth it just to like reel him back in a little bit and be like, hey, pal, what about me? You're all fucking chum. You forget about me over here? Still wait? Not, let's play for something. Um, because even just like a little bit of self-awareness might help. But I think it, as much as it sucks, it is to be expected that like when your friend gets in a relationship, like they might drift away a little bit while they are dating that person. Um, and mind you, it's not forever. And it's like not even necessarily until they break up. Okay, like they it, they might just like be in such a strong honeymoon phase and then like have more time for their friends like later on as their love dies and falls apart. Uh, <laughs> kidding. Um, but yeah, sorry. It's very annoying thing to go through though. Very annoying. Uh, they just reach out and be like, Buster, what about some love for your old friend over here? Come on. Come on, about Okay, I love you all. Um, R.I.P. Omegle. Just kidding. Burning fucking hell. Uh, see you next Wednesday. Love you, mamas. What can I say? <coughs> Sorry, I just fucking choked on saliva. Bye! Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.